So Belinda is talking about struggling with staying committed to certain goals when life gets in the way. And one of the things that I have uncovered and discovered and really understood from my own personal experience uh, as a coach is really that not everything can always be perfect. Uh, I had a coach actually uh, tell me that the P in perfection stands for poison. And what I mean by that and what she meant by that and what I understand to be true about that is to basically say that, you know, not everything can be perfect all of the time. And we are going to struggle and there are going to be days where we feel like we're juggling too many things. But the key is to understand that the human brain cannot function on too many things at once. I am a perfect example living, breathing as I breathe and live example of taking on too many things at once. It has been my MO for my entire life. And that's just, you know, because I was raised by a mom who worked three to five jobs at any given time during the course of raising me to support me. So I grew up in an environment where if I didn't have, or if I wasn't managing like 20 different projects at once, I didn't feel right in my head, in my mind, in my heart, like something felt off. And what's really crazy is that the more I have on my plate, the more I can manage. But the key is, the key is, you have to know how you work best. And you have to know what motivates you and inspires you best. See, in coaching with personal training, with you know holistic nutrition, and just in life hacking overall, what we prioritize is what we make time for. Hence, if you go to work first thing in the morning and you're focusing on making sure that you, you set your DVR but you don't meal prep, what have you prioritized? You've prioritized TV over your health. If you have focused more on scheduling time to hang out with friends or happy hour or today's Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, if you focus on prioritizing that over going to the gym, then that is what you're gonna make time for, right? That's your priority. But see, a lot of us, what happens is we make a we make a promise or we make a commitment, say, to our fitness. Okay, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by next Tuesday. Okay, that's a ridiculous, you know, goal to set. As many of you know, hopefully you know that. Don't try to lose 10 pounds in one week. But anyway, if you if you set yourself a goal and you're not willing to fully commit commit to it, you've already set yourself up for failure. Because what you've already done is said, well, I know life is going to get in the way. It always gets in the way. Something always happens and I can never actually stay committed. But the reason why you're not able to stay committed is because you haven't created the right foundation. You haven't created the right conditions by which you will succeed. So one of the things that I tell my clients is, okay, meal prep is an absolute necessity. Because if you're not meal prepping, then you're spending brain power on making choices when you need that willpower to focus on other things like, you know, being confident <laughs> in those times of stress and those times of hunger. The last thing you want to be doing is wasting brain power on trying to figure out what you should be eating because now you're hungry and now you want to make bad food choices, right? That's the last thing you want to be spending your energy on. So you've got to make the tough decisions before it becomes tough. So that when it, when it becomes tough, all the tough decisions that needed to be made have already been made and you don't have to think about those things and it's already automatic. So it's like when people talk about, you know, praying to God or, you know, uh, asking the universe or consciousness or, you know, source energy for something to manifest, right? We only go 
when we need something the most. We don't go when we don't need it. We go when we need it and we wait until it's too late to make that, that necessary choice, to make that tough decision. So the key to staying consistent, our success, is not about waiting until life gets in the way. It's about setting up the foundation so that the necessary steps for success are already automatic. They happen without you even thinking and they have been programmed habits Maybe you have accountability partners. Maybe you have somebody prepping your food for you. Maybe you have set appointments and you've paid for one year of training with your trainer. Set yourself up for success so that when times get tough, you have no choice but to win. One of the toughest things you will ever have to do is push through the tough times. It's the most challenging thing you will ever have to face. Now, we watch movies of warriors battling in treacherous conditions. We watch movies with superheroes that we admire and long to be like. But at the end of the day, we are living so in fear and so guarded that we have these ideal images up on a pedestal in an example of judgment. I'll never get there. I'll never be that good. I'll never be that powerful. I'll never be that strong. I'll never be that courageous. But what if you could? What if you could find a way to transcend the pain and the fear? And instead of letting the pain and the fear pull you down, and instead of letting that pain and that fear pull you into a place that holds you down, what if? You found a way to like let that fear transform you. So there was a movie um, about these assassins, and I think it was based on a, a video game. Um, not Assassin's Creed, though that was a pretty freaking amazing movie. But it was a movie about this uh, this man who was an assassin and he was trying to save this girl who was an assassin and they were trying to kill, you know, the powers that be were trying to kill both of them. And throughout the movie, um, you know, this will probably be a spoiler alert if you ever go watch the movie. I can't remember the name, so hopefully it won't ruin it for you. But throughout the movie, he was completely almost numb to pain and to fear. And what he said to her was that you have to find a way to transcend and transform and transmute the fear. So that instead of the fear being paralyzing, use the fear to guide you in the right direction of what you need to know. Now, in one of the courses that I have that I actually sell online, my online academy, it's about conquering fear. And I I wrote the program because I've learned over the course of my life that fear is more of an anticipation of pain than it is actual reality. And if we can use fear as a guide to show us the things that we don't want to see in our life, i.e. the ability to be courageous, the ability to face what's challenging, the ability to know that if I allow myself to surrender to my highest power that I will be supported and guided and nurtured and uplifted with everything that I need to overcome whatever challenges that I face. So fear is no longer for me that 
that debilitating kind of paralyzing obstacle, fear has now become my biggest challenge. If fear is present, that means ego does not want me to see something on the other side. Ego does not want me to go into this challenge. Ego does not want me to see who I will become if I face this fear. And so ego tells me, your fear is real. Don't go down that road because you might die. And it's not that I'm going to die. It's like the worst that can happen is what my head is going to fall off, like my face is going to melt. No. Making an important phone call and and chancing the risk of potential conflict is not going to change my life. It's not going to fuck my life up, right? But ego wants me to believe that. And so when fear is present, I know that it's a gift. It's a gift. And so if there's something that you're battling with in your life and there's something you're afraid of taking action on, take a look at why you are truly afraid of it. Is that fear actually real? Or are you avoiding it because you have all these these beliefs about what could possibly go wrong and you're not giving permission to yourself to explore what could possibly go right? See, the more information we have, the less our ego has power. The more information we have, the more we can debunk all of the myths that our ego is buying into. And so at the end of the day, our reality becomes a reflection of our beliefs. And those beliefs are always a choice. So if you experience fear, decide, is this actually real? Is this actually what I'm going to give my power over to? Or am I going to choose another reality? Hey, Alita. I have just heard that segment on the whole outwitting the devil. And I can't remember the other title of the other book about not giving a fuck. I did actually get that book on audio. It was recommended to me by a friend. And I have to say, maybe it was just the space that I was in at the time. But I didn't really get on with it. That's not to say that you or anybody else shouldn't, because I think the general principle, you you know, you get it in the title. I guess I just didn't particularly um, warm to the way it was written and the things that were, you know, the, the general themes, as it were. However, I do support the message. And I actually wonder sometimes, most recently particularly, whether I've gone perhaps too far the other way. (laughs) Um, There are lots of things I should give much more of a fuck about um, and have not been. And that can sometimes be a concern for me. But appreciate what you do. Love the sound of your voice and I'm liking your vibe. Keep doing what you're doing. Marcus, I totally hear what you're saying. It's funny how I feel like books will land in our life at a time that we need them most. Um, And... uh, and maybe we are not ready to receive the message. I have many books that I've had on my shelf for years and it takes me, you know, two, three, five years to actually pick it up and be ready to read it. It's kind of funny that way uh, to me. That's how books are. Um, But, you know, when it comes to, you know, this particular topic of, you know, whether or not to give a fuck about something, I think it just kind of goes down to what we're actually caring more about than other things. And I think it just, the topic of the conversation always goes down to priority. What are we prioritizing in our life? Am I prioritizing procrastination? Am I prioritizing television, right? Am I prioritizing Netflix marathons? Am I prioritizing social media? Where is my priority? Where is my focus? And when we start to see that, 
we start to look at things that are not flowing in our life, then we have a better understanding of what I've put as a priority, what I quote unquote give a fuck about with, versus what I, what I don't. And I think that really is the question that you want to ask yourself is it doesn't matter if you don't care about certain things. Like honestly, it, it's kind of challenging in my position because of all the work, the personal growth and development work that I've done. And because I have detached from so many things, I've actually had clients tell me that I'm not compassionate because I don't, I don't give sympathy. Um, and so I honestly, I don't give a fuck about pity, pity parties, sympathy. It's not my thing. Um, and when somebody asks that of me and when somebody gets mad at me for not giving it to them, I'm just like, dude, I love you, but that's just not who I am. And that's not where I'm at in my life. And I know it's not going to help you and it's going to make my life shitty. So I'm not going to give a fuck about your pity party, but I will give a fuck about helping you get out of it. And I think that's that's really what it goes down to. It's about authenticity. It's about, you know, knowing exactly what matters most to you, what what needs to be prioritized in your life so that you can speak your truth when it's necessary. And, you know, I mean, if society doesn't agree with what you do give a fuck about, then fuck them. <laughs> like, honestly, I think that's just kind of like that's just kind of the premise of of the entire book. But anyway, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate your your uh, your just your insights and your wisdom. Um, I'm always a, a fan of what you put out there. So take care. Have an amazing day. Hi, Alita. It's Brian here from the Power of Mission podcast on Anchor. Thank you so much for posting that battling depression piece um, on how you can't tell someone to just choose to be happy. And I love how you use the analogy of you know the fish being wet. It doesn't really know that it's wet. It's all that it knows. And... I haven't personally experienced depression myself, but I know a lot of people who have. And I know that this is one of those important messages to get out there. So I would love to chat with you sometime. Perhaps we can connect uh, outside of Anchor or do an Anchor interview on this. It's something that I really want to um, explore more myself as well as help other people understand and your story with your mom was really insightful so give me a shout out absolutely um i think it's one of the topics that needs to be discussed more especially um having been someone who's overcome it i think a lot of us are still so stuck in this idea of depression uh, being something that's going to be a lifelong disease. Uh, and we need to start understanding that we are programmed the way robots are programmed. I don't know if uh, there's there's very few shows that I actually watch, um, but the one on Netflix uh, called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, there's an AI, there's a robot. Um, and something came up in an episode uh, that we were watching about basically her her creator uh, and and his partner lied about her origins because they didn't want the person who was asking to know that she was not human. And, and she asked her, you know, she asked her creator, like, why are you, why have you programmed me to believe that lying is bad and, and it's unacceptable when you've told a lie? It doesn't, it didn't make sense to her. And I think that what we don't realize <clears throat> is that we run a neural net, a mental programming based on our perceptions, based on our conditioned beliefs. And until we can understand what that programming is, 
we will always fall victim to it as our identity. So I'm totally, totally down to be able to chat with you more about this off of Anchor. Um, feel free. <clears throat> you can go to my website that's actually listed on my bio uh, and send me a contact through there. Uh, you can feel free to text me. Um, obviously, this this uh, you know number is going to go out in public, but I'm totally down for anybody here on Anchor to text me anytime. It's 949-220-2650. That's actually my business line, so you could text me anytime. And Really, um, and if you want to do an anchor interview, I'm totally down for that as well. I would love to be able to have a deeper conversation about this. Hope you have an amazing day. Well, as usual, you're full of mad energy, and I dig that. Um, with regard to your question, what did I, what did I do today? Because for me here in the UK, I'm uh, I think was it several hours ahead of you, and so my day is coming to a close. And that's the interesting part. Normally, I would possibly at this point be putting on a backpack and putting on some trainers and taking a walk to uh, to get my steps up. But today, things were very different for me. I actually got my uh, my walking in first thing in some ways in that I parked my car very far away from where I decided to work today, which was a remote office. And that's really the key to, to the what did I do today that was different from yesterday. I didn't work in my home office. I went and worked around other people, lots of other media types, lots of buzz. And I made a lovely connection through having a decent conversation with a like-minded individual. And it was great. So that's what I did. What's awesome about what Marcus is saying here is, you know, super simple. Getting out of our norm. Sometimes the tiniest little action, the tiniest little step, the tiniest little thing that we can do to adjust whatever it is that we do on a daily basis can make a world of difference. Now, if you work from home, like I work from home and I could easily just lock my door, I could seclude myself in the office, I could seclude myself in the house and not talk to people. But one of the things that I actually really love to do is to be in the gym first thing in the morning and to communicate with a lot of people. But if I do that and then I go home and I lock myself up in the office, which I normally do, it gets it gets repetitive, right? And so then I can become stagnant. See, humans get stuck in stagnations. Humans get stuck in habits and patterns and we become complacent because there's nothing there to challenge us. So our minds, our bodies, our emotions start to get stale. And I heard, uh, I forgot who I heard say this, but there was a scientist that I was, I was listening to a book and he was talking about how when your DNA is constantly replicating itself, your cells are replicating themselves and there's no positive changes The replications are like clones where they get poorer and poorer quality, right? And so people who stay stagnant and people who stay the same when their cells are replicating over time, the the quality of the cell, the quality of the reproduction gets completely just diminished. And so this is what we want to think about, right? When we have this idea of, you know, growth and 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 striving and reaching for something bigger and better, what we want to think about is we have to understand that the body thrives on growth and change and adaptation. 
and it likes that because like our, our cells are replicating on a consistent basis. They are constantly adapting to our current situation. There's a study called epigen, a study of uh, DNA uh, called epigenetics, where it basically talks about the premise that our thoughts are impacting how our DNA shows up in reality. So I'm one of those people where I can actually be a living, breathing example, where in my family, I have obesity, I've got diabetes, I've got cancer, I've got all these other things, and I am living proof that my choices, my belief systems, my habits, my identity can choose to not allow those those aspects of DNA to take shape so either it, it's not showing up in my life because I have chosen another reality and so this is what we really want to get to the bottom of is something as simple as what Marcus is saying here to get out of working from home and going to work around other people putting yourself in a different energy right a lot of us get stuck in well these are my friends well, go work around some new friends. Go find some new friends. Go find some new colleagues. Go find a mastermind. Something that's gonna spark you to see your current perception a little bit different, differently. And what you're gonna find is that whatever the aspects of you where you feel stuck, because obviously you've become stagnant, maybe bored, all those aspects are gonna start to dissolve because now you're gonna see the world through other people's eyes. You're gonna see the world from a fresh perspective. And that's gonna help you not just get unstuck, but it's gonna help you be healthier in body and mind and spirit. So today, find something that you can do slightly differently that will help you kind of shake up those, those norms in your life so that what you're going to find is you start to grow and you start to thrive and you start to become a better ber- a better version of you. What's up, Anchor? It is uh, Tuesday evening and I'm in between my client calls. So I wanted to hop on and just share a little bit of insight. So as I mentioned earlier uh, in blog day four, I switched up my sleeping routine so that now I'm actually sleeping part of the way during the day and then the other part at night so that I can be working at that quiet time at night legitimately it is so amazing when there's not a sound in the house the neighborhood is quiet all is still but the world and I can think clearly I love that time of day and there's so much on my plate right now like it's mind-blowing how much I have to do in the next probably just week or two And had I not made this adjustment, had I not found a way to to work better and more efficiently and more effectively, I would not be able to get everything done. There are projects upon projects and pieces upon pieces of blogs and websites and client contact information and just like random things that need to be jotted and recorded and systematized and all that kind of stuff in the next two weeks and it's not happening during the day so I had to make the adjustment so that I could work at night now I share this story with you because a working for yourself allows you to make those decisions and make those adjustments B or number two humans as humans we do better when we are constantly adapting when we are finding new ways and new strategies to be better at something right and I talked about this in an earlier uh, in an earlier wave with regard to Marcus's comment um, 
you know, about making that tiny little shift going to work outside of the home. Number three, or C, it, it begs, it begs, our success is begging us to achieve it, to have it, to be it, to experience it. And if we're not willing to look at what's currently not working for us, and we're not willing to face the struggles that we're having, we're never going to, we're never going to transcend what we're currently experiencing. So I spend a a shitload of time on personal growth and development every single day. I probably spend more time doing that than I do actual work because what I'm finding is that the struggles that I face, the challenges that I face, the blockages or the walls that I hit have to do with emotional patterns. They have to do with belief systems. They have to do with how I see myself and how I see the world and how I see myself in relationships to the world. And I know that as long as I continue to do the inner work, the outer work that I do will always be better. So the same way that I approach my workouts in finding a way to better myself through the workout is the same way that I approach my work and my life. Am I today being better than I was yesterday? Am I beasting up right now? Am I behaving like a Spartan? Or am I running away in fear? and putting my head in a hole like an ostrich, right? Where is my courage? Where is my focus? Where is my desire? Because that is really what is going to pull you forward, right? Had a a call uh, with one of my clients tonight in talking about how when we are just so focused on all the mistakes we've made in the past, we can't escape it. We're like, oh, I can't escape my past. There's just so much shame. There's so much guilt. But the only reason why you can't escape it is because you're faced towards it. That's all you see. That's the only thing that you're allowing your your radar to see. So if you turn forward and you calibrate yourself to that future goal by doing the inner work, by creating changes, necessary changes, by experimenting with your productivity, with your work schedule, by experimenting with your habits and your belief systems and calibrating yourself to that greater version of you, That is where the fulfillment is going to be. That is where the success is going to be. That is where the passion will be. And if that is what you focus on each and every day, you'll understand that that is really your purpose.